You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 221 of PHP Ugly, brought to you by GameSpot. I'm your host, <laughs> Eric Van Johnson. Spot, spot or stop? Stop. Oh, GameStop. GameStop. Game I don't even know. <laughs> I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me, John Congdon. Oh, so much to talk about. Hello. And Tom's right up. Hello. Yeah, we have such a such an episode tonight. We first we have to talk about that while Harry Mack is doing that little intro, you have some PHP code scrolling behind him during the intro. If you go to the YouTube stream, not the audio stream, obviously. Where did you get that? Because that is horrible code. Yeah, that that definitely looked like uh, Register Globals was enabled. Register Globals you're using the the uh, the super global request object looked like it was using inline. I mean, PHP is a templating language, but I saw it ending PHP and then starting PHP to include another file. <laughs> it was just a mess. We really need to update that. Yeah. What do you want to start with? Security vulnerabilities or stock market hijacks? How about our weeks? Why do we got to jump right into news? <laughs> Thomas just wants to jump right into the uh, cards, man, every week. Yeah, it's well, like, uh... my week involved security vulnerabilities, so. <laughs> okay, well, tell us about your week then. We'll start there. Yeah. By the end of this episode, I will be 40 years old. <gasps> what? Yeah. Happy birthday. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's I've been just swamped. I've been so busy. There's so much stuff going on. Uh, researching PHP statistics for today's episode, security stuff, trying to learn how the stock market works as like a crash course, which became oddly important this week. I, I kept seeing Can- so many like memes and tweets and things being said, but I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Until, can- I, I, until I had a friend on Facebook who wrote a very eloquent post about it like had good feedback in his comments and everything so i kind of learned what was going on yeah so i'll, I'll go over exactly what happened there Thomas later friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's right well then somebody can explain it to me because I, I i i try to read up on it and i'm like i don't know reddit's involved they like, like i can't tell if they hyped up a price or or no dumped a price or what happened there they didn't touch the price Fascinatingly enough. All right, well, explain it. What so, happened? Are we doing that? Or are we doing security vulnerabilities? Now I'm confused. Uh, well, let's let's do like you said. Let's do the weeks first. That's that's all the stuff I'll get into for this. My, that's my week involved a lot of that stuff, a lot of that research, and and a snow day, which was nice. Oh yeah, because you have snow. How about you guys? We had snow. We had hail. Dude. I know. One morning, and we had hail all on the on the ground with it, which is basically snow for us. It, it was crazy. It's supposed yeah. to be really bad tonight, too. Oh my gosh! I can't imagine the the people to the north of us uh, in mm-hmm. California just being swamped. And if you if you don't know California or or at least uh, urban California drivers, they don't know how to deal with a quarter inch of rain. No concept of how to deal with it. 
one of the they, issues they be a blizzard they would they don't they drive the same they yeah work. one of one of the issues is that because rain is so infrequent in California, the road dirt and oil builds up, and when it rains a little bit, everything becomes a skating rink. It's just terrible, so I can't even imagine what it was like trying to move around in the hail there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, luckily, most of us don't have to move around currently, so no big deal. That's true. The, the biggest issue I have it have with it right now is having a brand new puppy and not being able to get it to go outside. New Tell puppy. us about the puppy. He's a cute little puppy. Uh, <laughs> not much to tell. It, it it was a rescue from uh, Baja Dog Rescue. I guess they rescue dogs off the streets down in Mexico and. It, Brought it up here. It's about four months old. We weren't looking for a, a puppy. My wife was more looking for that one to two housebroken age. But this one popped up, and it, next thing you know, we have a dog. <laughs> yeah, now you get to potty train all over again. <laughs> oh my gosh, this dog, for being three and a half, four months old, has only had a couple of accidents inside so far. Good. Has slept through the night. You know, we put it in the in the crate at night, and outside of a little whimpering for the first couple minutes has slept all night it's been sounds like thomas when he crashes your place oh yeah Um... i've been shocked so i'm not complaining (laughs) at all the my biggest complaint is the fact that it's a puppy and like has puppy sharp teeth and nipping and oh yeah and having two small kids that don't understand that the dog thinks he's playing so he's not trying to hurt you I'll tell you what, that uh, doesn't go away with age. The uh, teenagers still don't understand that the dog is not 100% as sentient as they are. (laughs) So, yeah, that's my biggest issue with the rain. Mm. How was your week, Eric? Well, since we're talking about dogs, (laughs) uh, I I shared on Twitter, uh, so this is no big secret, but um, my dog uh, was officially diagnosed yesterday with degenerative myelopia, my my DM, which is essentially the dog's version of Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, so Yaz, the office manager, is is slowly losing abilities in, in his body, and it's you know it's a it's a progressive thing. But the good news is uh, we had we had decided we were pretty sure that's what he was going to have uh we they thought it was hip dysplasia for years uh they you know we try to do different things but recently his health deteriorated pretty quickly and so we were pretty sure what we were looking at so even though we hadn't gotten the official word yet we got um we got a wheelchair for him uh last weekend and he's we've been going out every day and he's getting so good with his wheelchair now it's he actually had his first day where he he seemed like he enjoyed his time at the park. So oh, it's good, good to hear. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 been it's uh it's been something. I mean, it's not what I expected to have to deal with with a dog, but you know, it's part of the family now, and and you you don't really always get to pick that stuff. So yeah, well, that's kind of kind of our life now. So you're talking about the rain. I'm not looking forward to the rain because. He's got to go to the park regardless. Like it's just how it's just how he is. So I will be at the park, and uh, and and 
with my dog in his wheelchair. Getting a lot of uh, notifications that people are seeing lag, by the way, guys. Just kind of let you know that. I don't know if there's anything you can do about that, Thomas. But yes, there is lag being reported. Hmm. Yeah. So anyways, um, besides that, as far as PHP goes, I, I, I've I been almost fully uh, into Livewire this week. I uh, tried to pull uh, Thomas over to the dark side today. He wasn't biting. He wasn't even interested in looking around. Really? I was. I was showing him. I was showing him some code. Well, I was. I was trying to. I was trying to fix a problem. I'm. I'm like. I think this might be live wire related. But you know, can you just give me a sanity check on some code I'm doing because it should be. It should be downloading. It should be generating a, a download file. And I. You know, there. There's some things to do in Livewire for that. But for the most part, Livewire just just hands the stuff off to Laravel. So there's not a lot of difference between how Livewire generates a download and how Laravel generates a download. And of course, you know, it was totally my bad. It was, you know, I had abstracted away a little too far and had forgotten to return uh, on one of the methods. And, you know, so it was totally not a Livewire (laughs) thing, totally not a Laravel thing. But that was it. Like Thomas, like Thomas didn't care. He didn't. He didn't care to look at any of the live wire stuff. I, I, I had it all set. Up. I wanted to show him all my components. I'm like, look, man, you know, it's doing this and it's doing this and it's, 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 you know, the page isn't even refreshing and, and it's this is happening, and that's happening. No, nope, he didn't care. He, he had he had better things to do. So, out of but he was there for curiosity, me. So the method you didn't have a return statement in. Did you have a return type hint on it? Uh, no, no, that I would did have, not. Because that I, would have protected you because you would have seen an error in that case versus this weird case that you were in. It's one reason I really yes. enjoy having type hints on my return yeah, statements. So the, so the issue with that, and and maybe you can enlighten me how to resolve it. So the, the method that didn't have the return type on it was an export method, right? So what was happening in the code is... There were several different exports you could do. Some would generate files. Others would just generate um, like a, a text view of the data on the screen. So uh, Livewire was firing this export uh, method. And then based on the format that was being passed to it, it was calling <laughs> other methods. So in, in the case of a download file, it was saying, hey, you know, export to uh, CBS, uh, CSV and then return that. Um but but it's not always returning a like a symphony response to download. Sometimes it's just returning a text version of the data, but it's still on the screen. Yeah, I guess I'd, I would have to see the actual method in that case to figure out how to. So it was the actual method in your controller that was not returning. Right, right. So uh, so like I said, that ex, that export method was handing off to another method. That other method was returning. But I had forgotten to tell the export method to actually return back to the the client. Ah, yeah. So that's if where you have different return types that that is resolved in eight because you can mm-hmm. have union types. But I guess until then, you're you're SOL. Yeah, yeah. Or it was, or or you get hokey and you have to abstract away a return type and then handle that outside of that, but. That doesn't work so well when it comes to Laravel. I don't don't think that's a terrible idea. I don't think that's a terrible idea. I might might think about that. But it was so funny. I'd gotten so laser focused on I was exporting the data wrong. Like I was creating this file incorrectly that I was just in that method. I'm like, I didn't even bother to look back up 
at the other method. And I'm like, what is wrong? Yeah. Yeah, I was just Yeah, yeah, we actually much. did. And that's what really? was driving me it, nuts. I'm like, I don't understand it. Everything is right right here. It everything looks right. And then it just then the request just disappears. I don't know where it goes. And I had <laughs> forgotten that it was actually being called by another method. So, Surprised you yeah, didn't get, was, try to get me on the on the call there. Although you gotta yeah, figure it out. I would have. Yeah, I gotta figure it out. Uh, you're you're a busy guy, man. All in all, I was unimpressed. You didn't even <laughs> look at any of it. You got you. You're you're insane. All 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 that all those all that functionality you saw on that page. Not one line. The only line of JavaScript in that page is some Alpine JS I did for the for the drop down of the the view type. That's the only that's the only JavaScript in that page. Everything is done through Livewire. You cannot tell me that doesn't look cool. <laughs> I like that you're I'm, begging. You're you're begging to get access to the videos from from Caleb, and it's like we've talked about it on the show so much. He should be like, no, please take the videos. You should be begging, <laughs> begging him. He should be begging you. Oh, uh, yeah, he should be sponsoring not, us. I, I I could I could see that he had videos on it. I'm like, I I know this is a video I wanted. And John, you might even appreciate the fact that the videos I I was watching today was how to test, how to do testing with Livewire. So it, it was all like he was doing some test driven development with Livewire. I'm like, okay, I I kind of get that. I can kind of do that. I think pretty sure. But you should do that. Yes. It's uh, it's man. I'm, I'm going to go. If you, I'm had, just gonna go if you form had the crazy. test, you probably would have caught that return statement sooner. Probably. <laughs> you know, so that's been my thing. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Livewire. If you, if you didn't know that already, I'm. You guys are insane for not, not, not embracing it with me. But that's fine. I'll keep it to myself. I'll keep it to myself. I'm good. With I it. would embrace it if I could use it, but I can't use it. So. <laughs> you know, you what mentioned you me? PHP eight. I. I'm doing a migration now for our system to move to PHP 8. And I decided I'd look at the entire list of backward compatible breaks. And, uh, oh boy, it's it's like a, a history lesson in PHP. It's just a, a travel through the ages of how we used to do things. Because they finally removed oh, yeah. a lot of that the garbage. Yeah, all the stuff that was deprecated for like 10 years was finally removed. Um like methods with the same name as the class are no longer interpreted as constructors. <laughs> Removed ability. Still, if, I don't think people were doing that in seven, were they? I, I didn't even know that still worked. It was oh, deprecated in seven. That, crap. I still have code that might be like that. So you have to think about the history of, of, of how we moved through versions is that all the bad stuff in five was deprecated in seven to be fair, that was a bad thing from four. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it, but wasn't deprecated yet. So all the stuff that all the bad stuff that wasn't yet deprecated in five made it into seven, and then eight is the first time the stuff that's bad in five is actually being removed. Uh, removed ability to call non-static methods statically. Uh, <laughs> that, well, that one's that one's gonna bite me a lot. Oh, is that something you did? Uh, the legacy code base that I work in, mainly, yes. It's done way too much. Uh, here's another one that'll bite you, is uh, access to undefined constants now always results in an error exception. Previously, if you tried to access an undefined constant, it would just return the string name of the constant. Hmm. Uh, also, to go along with that, constants now have to be capitalized. They can't have random 
lowercase characters in them. Oh, I didn't even know that was a deprecated thing. Uh, removed the each function. Now recommending to use for each construction mm-hmm. <laughs> constructor. Uh, removed ability to unbind this from closures that were created from a method. <laughs> I don't even know how you would do that. Neither do I, actually. <laughs> A removed ability to use array key exists with objects only works on arrays now. Interesting. So you, how long did it take you? Have you finished it? And how long has it taken you so far to update your code base? Uh, updating the code base took a half an hour. That's not bad. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. Uh, everything else seems like it's working correctly. I don't see any issues. How did you find all the things you needed to change? I upgraded the version I was running and then tried to open the page. <laughs> so <laughs> you didn't didn't look at so your log files? That's, not an ex- that's what I was going to say. Is that an extensive test? Like, are you testing all the various pages of your application? Uh, our application is pretty simple in the sense that I can just click through it. And if I can click through it, then it's done. Mm. There's not a lot of advanced features as far as user input or anything like that. We, we have a payment system and a browsing system and that's it. Mm. So, and, you know, reading through the backwards compatible stuff, like I said, it was, it was a, a time warp. It was stuff that I haven't done in forever. Yeah. Uh, For those you'll like this one. The- I like Eric's suggestion. Make sure you have deprecated warnings turned on in your error log and check that for deprecations. Mm-hmm. Do that in production so you can catch them all, fix them while you're still on seven. Because if it's deprecated, it means there's a new way to do it. Make sure your deprecation log is clear for some time before upgrading to eight. Yeah. Uh, the at operator will no longer silence fatal errors. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Although that's going to screw me with uh, some of my PHP 4 code that's still mm-hmm. in code base. Uh, and then code. we we brought crazy. in we brought in libraries and like that were abandoned that I know still use that the ad operator. Mm. Oh, that's a that was a, it's a fun it's a fun little mental exercise to go. Oh, I forgot we used to do things like that. Or like, oh, I I remember writing my first page twenty years ago, and it it had a constructor that was just named after the class. And if you want to see code like that, go back to the beginning of the YouTube video, and you can see some. <laughs> so what do you what are your y'all's uh, thoughts then? Because we've had this discussion in the past, and and, and we have some news queued up about this about adopting frameworks. <laughs> who are on like an aggressive release cycle. I mean, do you think like for me, you know, I know if, if I'm keeping my Laravel applications current, I know, or I don't know, but I have a fairly good baseline that I can keep moving forward with PHP. Like I'm kind of dependent on my framework to make sure I stay in line with compatibility of PHP. If, if I were Starting fresh with new code, I with a big application. I don't know that if I if I would go Laravel simply because of the way releases happen. Well, it doesn't have to be Laravel specific. I'm just saying frameworks in general. Because I know there's always the argument of you know frameworks just in general aren't good for people. Right. I want I want a framework that will help keep me in line as far as staying up to date. So I don't want one that's trying to stay backwards compatible you know, way back in the day. Mm -hmm. I want one that does aggressive bug or security updates. So if there's a security flaw, I want to be told right away and I want 
that to come through. Mm-hmm. But for your general updates, uh, code enhancements, releases, having a daily release, a daily, even if it's just a point, a minor point update, it's frustrating when you come in and you've got five composer updates you have to do because something's changed. And it's like, what? why? I'd rather be on a better release schedule. Well, uh, w- wouldn't that be the case, though, in any PHP application that uses dependencies? I mean, you, you don't have control over well when those dependencies update. I, right, but mo- most of them don't update that frequently. The, the non-stream viewers missed me uh, eventually completely losing it after the end of last week's episode <laughs> and going on a tirade about the versioning for Laravel. I, all of these frameworks are really tightly coupled to best practices. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't have a huge deal with worrying about PHP upgrades breaking frameworks. Now, there are frameworks that are not well maintained and don't use best practices like WordPress. It's and the thing we were talking about last week is like, yeah, what do all these WordPress users do when everything breaks because you updated to PHP 8? And it's like, well, you know, sorry, it's WordPress. Like mm-hmm. It's got the it's got the bad reputation for a reason. Now its reputation might be worse than than it actually deserves, but in my experience, it's not by much. Okay, so one of the things that happened this I don't know if it happened this week or last week or when it happened, but Laravel announced a new release cycle. So yesterday was that yesterday? Wow, it was yesterday so long ago? <laughs> uh, they re- they released a new. So instead of doing a new major every six months, which I don't think anybody was or I don't think anybody on this podcast was really a fan of. Now they've pushed it out to a new major every year. I'm still kind of on the fence. So we brought this up in, in the PHP Ugly Discord, and we got some back and forth on it. Um, I'm still not a fan of any scheduled major release. Like, major releases should just be the uh, the, com- uh, the the building up of features, you know, backwards breaking changes that say, okay, we have to do a major release. You know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make some architectural changes, blah, blah, blah. But there was some feedback in the PHP ugly discord of, you know, no, we, we like the scheduled major release because, you know, we know we can, we can plan certain, you know, efforts around it. So we know coming September, we're going to have a focus on, on the next release of Laravel. Um, but, but you normally have that anyway. You normally, it's not necessarily scheduled every six months or every year, but when they knew major releases coming out, it's known ahead of time. It's not like, right. oh, by the way, tomorrow we're going from nine to 10. It's <laughs> well, hey, and it's getting reviewed. Version 10 by is people. coming out. In, what's that? It's it's getting it's getting release candidates and it's getting uh, right. edge edge case users who are trying this stuff out and saying, hey, this is where it breaks. I mean, there hasn't been a release of Laravel, a minor release of Laravel, without a tweak patch a couple days later, and sometimes full on rollbacks of functionality. And right. the big reason, the big feature in nine was parallel testing, and Taylor said in order to do this 12 month plan instead of the six month plan, they just backported parallel testing to eight. Well, then why, why were you pushing nine then? Why was nine going to be a, a required upgrade if you could backport this functionality in a non-breaking way to the existing deployment? Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. It's, it's wanting to have a feature to, to cause a major upgrade, even though it's not required. Right. right. And there are backwards compatible breaking 
changes in these minor releases that come out. So I don't see why why having a schedule for eight or nine or ten even matters. I can't. Yeah, it's I not can't Laravel specific. Backwards. Just to be clear, yeah, I can't think of the last backwards breaking change Laravel had in one of their minor releases that may, might not have been a security <laughs> patch. I mean, security patches kind of security releases kind of get a pass on that, right? Because if if the vulnerability is 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 the backwards breaking change, then yes. they have to address it. The I would say that the tailwind issue, though not a not necessarily a backward compatible breaking issue, was introduced in a minor version. Tailwind issue. I don't remember the tailwind issue. Uh, switching from uh, I'm sorry, not tailwind. Uh, I was going to say <laughs> switching the the CSS or JS framework for the authentication system over. Well, the CSS Jetstream. Are you, talking, are you, you what Jetstream? Jetstream. Okay. Uh-huh. That was introduced in a minor release, and it caused a huge number of problems for people. No, I, I, yeah, okay. I, I think it caused a problem for people who because they felt like they were being forced into it. But if your application didn't have it, it didn't install itself. It just people didn't want it. They wanted other options. There were a lot, there was a lot of questions around the implementation. So Taylor then you know restructured it a little bit. But I'm not. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm. Just, I'm just saying. Yeah. You know. In general, security patches get passes for for uh, backwards breaking changes. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, th- but th- this kind of comes back to bring it back full circle. Here is is why I've supported frameworks for so long. Is I do feel like you know, as long as you're in a current framework and one that's being maintained, that it does help you stay current with your stack from end to end because mm-hmm. kind of, you know, like, like you said, Thomas, unless you, unless you adopt something like WordPress that prided it, had prided <laughs> itself on being backwards compatible to four, you know, for so long, um, you know, frameworks like symphony frameworks, like Laravel, you know, they're, they're pretty forward moving. So I, I always, this is, this has always been one of my arguments with frameworks. It's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not a, a, a silver bullet to fix everything, but it does help establish some structure. It does help to establish some best practices and it does yeah. help establish a method to help you keep current. There, there are pros and cons. And it's also about your team, having a team that cares enough to stay on top of, current uh releases of php well and communicate yeah Mm -hmm. that too i mean you know my my history when i first moved to california i was on a php php4 code base and they were perfectly happy staying there until i Mm -hmm. pushed and pushed and pushed i'm like no we're we need to get to five and made it happen now they see the light of day because they have even more developers on the team that care deeply about the community and php in general and want to use some of the, the latest features of the language so there's a push to stay up to date and at the same time management now realizes no we've got to stay up to date we're not we're not going to fall that far behind again Mm -hmm. so i i agree there's pros and cons and a framework can help you in that i just have i take issue with laravel's specific implementation where it seems like every day i wake up and it's hey you need to go update this dependency but but that's your choice, right? I mean, you could make the decision we're only we're only doing Laravel updates <clears throat> once a month or whatever that might be. Is well, that, is that a option within the that GitHub bot that checks your composer dependencies 
That I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know that for sure. To be and honest. and doing that would have bit you twice this month because there were two major security issues this month. Well, again, major security issues are, are, are a different topic. You don't you don't skip major security patches, right? I mean, that that's not a Laravel but, thing. That's but a that's what he's. But that's what I'm saying. This but is he, the problem with communication: is that we're not getting notification that these are security issues. I'm the fact that I'm reading the Laravel blog every single day, I get to see when the security patch is issued a couple hours, maybe after it's issued. But the last security bug before the newest one was not described in any way that you could understand what was going on or what the, the downstream effects of it could have been. And the latest one, I've again, barely seen anything about it. I haven't seen any anything from people saying, hey, by the way, this, you know, if you follow best practices, this wouldn't be an issue, but we understand that it is an issue for people who don't have best practices or... Right. So uh, you're talking about the uh, debug mode remote code execution one? Yeah. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, we actually had a discussion about this uh, in the Diego Dev Slack. So the the big gotcha with with this latest security bug is that you have debug enabled on the server. In now production. you might well uh, no not in production server. not yeah in yeah, production on, on is pub, one. On pub... So that was that was the question, right? It's like who does that? Who who enables debug on production? The thing is, is you know we have dev, we have staging, we have POCs. And occasionally the developers are, will be like, oh, yeah. hey, some, something's happening on dev. I can't figure it out. Can, can you enable debug? And we would go, you know, we'd go do that. So there is a vector, a surface vector for attacks. It, you know, it's, it is a thing. So when if, I, if, if when you I have first... those servers publicly accessible, you're saying. Right, right. Well, I would go when further I first than read that. This, I would say, if someone can get into your network and there's a Laravel instance running on your network, then they have arbitrary code execution on that machine. So just I think they have you have bigger problems if somebody penetrates a private network. But penetrating a private network is is the first layer of security. The the other layers of security are that just because you got in my network doesn't mean that you can uh, own my Linux machine or my Windows machine. Sure, I, there there was a pseudo exploit released this week as well where where people could could any any person who's on a server could could uh do a, a permission update to make them pseudo absolutely but that issue still required that you have login access to the machine you want to attack in this case your development machine your development machine is broadcasting essentially an open terminal to anyone else on the network mm. and that's I, I think that's less of a, of a concern as again having it enabled in an, in what you would think is a non-production server, but still on the public internet. You're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's a that's a test URL. You forget that. Oh fuck, you know, we enabled uh, uh, debug. So yeah, that that was a because when, when I first read it, I'm like, I'm not worried about this. We never enable debug on any of our production servers. And then I started thinking more about it. I'm like, oh wait a minute. Actually, we do enable it on dev occasionally well, when developers ask. Yeah, to be fair, you you didn't make much of it, and then I told you the sky was falling, and and you started thinking about it more. <laughs> That's my role is I'm the alarmist. Yeah, they call it yeah, doom and gloom for yeah. a reason. 
That's, that's why. That's why. But I, I think I cut you off. I think you were talking about something else, uh, Thomas, with the with the patching cycle. Oh, so you're saying that to to do the security patches, you would automatically all be forced to apply what other pa- other patches were presented before then. That's issue. That's one issue. Uh, the other issue is I can pull up these uh, these remote code execution and these these big errors that have come up and. I can't tell you what the CVE is for these security issues. You know, I, it's weird you say that because I was seeing the CVE for the Laravel, the last Laravel one, but this debug one, I haven't seen one for. Well, going back to the other question you asked, where you said only do the Laravel upgrades once a month, is then you miss mm-hmm. the visibility into those security ones. Where if Laravel only did once a month, again, not necessarily just Laravel, but anything, if they had a re- a release cycle of once a month, but something popped up on my GitHub account saying, Hey, there's a new upgrade for this. And it's not on a normal release schedule. I can say, Oh, that must be a security one. Do some research. Yeah. And Mm. this is another area where symphony gets it right. The symphony framework is a collection of symphony components in your composer.json. So when, when a package in symphony doesn't need to be updated, it won't be updated for years. But when a package in Symfony all of a sudden hasn't been updated in years and then has a point one added to the end of it, you can update just that thing. And Laravel is laid out in the same way where mm-hmm. all of the components all of the components are part of the Illuminate repository. But then they're built into the framework package and all you get is the framework as a whole. You don't get components of the framework. Um, I think if you went with Laravel... Lumen, you could do that kind of component-based thing. And if I, I think if I were to do an enterprise project again with Laravel, I would do a Lumen project and go package by package. Of, yeah, but all of so many of their packages all update at the same time. It, yeah, so that is the issue. That is that there you are get one, you get them all. <laughs> there are if you look at the Illuminate history, there are plenty of those packages that haven't been updated, but have been tagged for 8, 8.1, 8.2, 8.3, 8.4. There's no change. They've just been another tag has been slapped on it. And that's unnecessary. When I, when I think of semantic versioning for Laravel, I don't think about the framework. I think about the components. If you haven't changed something, don't upgrade its version number. Hmm. All right. We, I think we've talked this one to death. Killed it. I feel like it. Hey, uh, guess, good. <laughs> boy, we're good at this. Friend of the show, Gishu, uh, sent me a message this morning, and I was, was super excited about it. GitHub changed GitHub Actions to work in private repositories, finally. In, <gasps> Ooh. in private repositories that work off a forking model. Because All right. Their, their original assumption was, if you have a private repository, you're working off a branching model. You have 10, 20, 1,000 developers in the same repo creating a branch and then opening pull requests based on that, and their actions work fine. There's a lot of private repos, ours included, that work off a forking model. Every developer takes their own fork. We don't care what they do with their branches. They open a, a pull request when they feel a branch is ready to be merged in. Up until the, recently, GitHub Actions just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Now they've uh, they made some enhancements. They've added a bunch of uh, read-only tokens that will work within the system because that was part of the issue was 
getting escalation into sensitive data. That's been all cleared up. So I'm excited to give this a shot. I say mine. I'm very happy about this. this so thank you, Gishu, for pointing that out to me. I appreciate it. Gishu. She's been all over the place lately, man. I tell you. So, uh, I, I, again, if you're listening to the audio podcast, you missed a fairly large section of the show last week. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we'd edited that thing down. It was still probably our longest, uh, audio podcast, but I, I ended up calling somebody out last week on the show and I felt bad about it, but I'll bring up the topic again because I, th- there's relevance in, in it. I brought up the topic of followbacks in Twitter, right? And how I oh, felt. Oh, God. It, it's like a. Why are you all godding me already? You know, so my, my, <laughs> my whole thing is the, the statement I had made is I will never have more followers than I follow because I don't follow everybody. Like, if you look like you're a bot or if, if, you know, I only speak English and I speak English poorly. So if you don't, tweet in english i probably i might not follow you back but if you're clearly like a php person or a developer or an open source person and your your stream isn't you know littered with a bunch of maga weirdness or something like that chances are i'll follow you back it's like a it's like a polite thing it's like you know i appreciate your follow here's a follow back now what i wasn't clear on and what was brought up is that I don't really use my main Twitter stream to, to read my tweets. I use TweetDeck and I have lists. So I look at all my lists and you know I'll I'll, I'll glance at my, my main stream just to see what's in there because I I do want to make sure that you know I, I give it a look. But that was something that was brought up is uh, a couple of articles were forwarded to me about how hey um, you know the algorithm for Twitter doesn't work for me. I just use lists. I'm like, okay, well, if you just use lists and you don't use the mainstream, then what does it matter if you follow people back? But anyways, what what I'm getting to is I was having a conversation with a particular person. I'm not going to call people out again. And I and one of the things I had said was, you never know when the fact that you're following somebody back might be inspirational to them. First thing, the first thing I said is that. When people look at my profile or look at anybody's profile and wonder how good they are about what they're talking about or how, you know, what what sort of reputation they have for the topics they talk about, they look at their followers and they see how many followers they have. So if if somebody's trying, trying to get a reputation for being a PHP developer or something and he's not getting followbacks because he's following a bunch of people who don't believe in followbacks, then you're not giving the guy the... the potential reputation that he might need that it used to be uh, clout. i'll give you that i'll give you that okay i think you'll give me the next thing too the inspiration part and i swear to god i did not plan this i don't know if somebody listened to the podcast i don't think i talked about it on the podcast last week and i know i didn't release it in the audio podcast because i cut that whole section out but my other thing was inspiration it's like you never know when following somebody might be inspirational to, to them and no sooner do I say that, like, I swear to God, it was like the next day, somebody t- somebody had followed me. I, I just did my typical who followed me. Okay, let me see, blah, blah, blah. And they, I followed them back, and they say that exact same thing. They, they, they were so excited about the fact that I followed them back, that they listened to this podcast, that you know, they were very excited. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, what did that, what did that cost me? It cost me nothing. 
So I, be- I just wanted I, I I went on that rant just to let you guys know I was right. And I'm not, I never said you're wrong. I often follow people back too. I just I'm terrible about staying on top of my Twitter feed, so I may not see what they're writing. But at the same time, I don't. I do look at people that have more. Is it, they have more followers than they're following, or vice mm-hmm. versa, where it just seems scammy. But the the ratio yeah. issue, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I mean, I get the philosophy behind the list. Like I say, I use the list. But if you're a list person, it doesn't matter that you're following people. I, you're not looking keep, at that stream. I keep forgetting that TweetDeck is now built into, it's part of Twitter, isn't it? Yeah, Twitter Twitter owns it. I think the actual it's URL now is TweetDeck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, I keep, it's nice. I keep forgetting so that. I say that to tell you guys, if somebody follows you, give them a follow back. Just, uh, just say hi to them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna unfollow like if you. I, if I follow you back, you should feel very <laughs> privileged and honored, and I expect something in return. Uh, last week we discussed uh, a minor change, I guess, uh, that the PHP documentation got moved to GitHub, and it didn't take long. But now people are actually going into the documentation and fixing things. Mm-hmm. Andreas, it was one of the main drivers behind that. I got to actually speak to him um, before they had finished the migration. So he he was the one that had proposed it to uh, PHP internals and kind of led the charge on it. Um, but he uh, he moved stuff over. He, he, the The English version had been on GitHub for a while, and it had been in this weird state where if you submitted a PR on GitHub, they had to do some backporting and you know all these weird things happen. But now I guess across the board, all the documentation now is on GitHub and the whole work workflow is handled through GitHub. It's a great thing. Yeah. So one of the big things on Reddit today was or this week was uh the the proper error handling for MySQL connections has been recommended instead of the four point seven version. Actually, I guess this would be the 5.3 version because this is my MySQL I. But uh, the the recommended way of doing things is the big place where people are making edits and saying, "Listen, we do it this way now. This is really old, and we mm. don't we don't do that anymore." Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess for a couple a couple decades, uh, if my SQL I connect error, then die with the error number was the recommended <laughs> method. Dude, I totally remember doing that. I I remember how great it was when Dreamweaver would do it for me. I was like, oh, look at that. Dreamweaver made the connection for me. I don't even have to worry about this. This is so easy. So uh, the recommended way is no longer dying. It is throwing or catching the exception, the PDO exception, and uh, handling the exception instead of just dying and saying i don't know <laughs> why even catch it just throw it and let something else show the error message yeah so i you know i when they moved to github i didn't think it was a, a that big a deal but i i think the accessibility of of having it on github is going to be really nice for maintaining it yeah 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 i think so too and i, I think i think this sort of thing is a perfect example of some of this doc because you know it's this documentation that gets translated to these like textbooks that that colleges are using and it's you know like the moment they they print them they're out of date because they're using these old approaches it's crazy what i wish they would do is also moderate the comments that are left 
on the PHP documentation. What the thirty-year-old comments that? Yeah, you, you go in there and, and there's like these code snippets, and then you look at it and you're like, Ugh, and then you're, oh, okay, this is from 2008. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, no, it makes sense the... why it's written that way, but let's update well, here. Well, and and if you look at how Stack Overflow handled this issue, you can edit your comment or you can you can sub comment on it. The way PHP.net handles it is just a a list of all the comments in order. And so when something is incorrect, then the guy, the next guy will say, Oh, you actually should do it this way. That other way I'll throw exceptions here. And this is the next guy says, Oh, okay. Yeah. Here's the new version. So now there's two versions on the comments. Right. And granted the newest one's up top, but it's still, a pain. I, I don't think it is. I think, I, I think it actually threads the other way. Now, now that you say that, I don't, I don't remember. I, I would have to look yeah. at one. Yeah, I think newest is up top, but I could be wrong. Uh, well, I can good. tell you right now, it appears to be a weighted list on upvotes and downvotes. Oh, there is even better upvote and downvote now. Yeah, that is better. That is not better. Yeah, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> that is significantly worse. Why wouldn't you? Why would that be significantly worse? You just downvote the the bad stuff. Uh, array shift has. Hundreds of comments on it, and the highest upvoted one is twelve years ago. Yikes! And the next one is yeah, I'm looking, I'm seven years my ago. Sequel one now, <laughs> it's, and my yeah. sequel one is six years ago. The high, the highest, and uh, yeah, and then there are votes as recent as three years ago, which are lower in the list. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to read this. Yeah, that's that's troubling. Yeah. Well, there's. There's one from 15 years ago that says this function will save the key values of an array and it will work in lower versions of PHP submitted 15 years ago. And it returns what is now the array keys uh, method, which has existed since 5.1. Five, five there, there you go. There, there you go, Thomas. You want to be part of PHP internals? Come up with a better commenting system for, for the, for the uh, website and submit it. So... You brought this up saying saying something about Reddit and something else happened on Reddit very recently. We're talking about GameStop. 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 Eric wanted to know more about this. And yeah, I don't all understand the, it. All the, all the buzz around GameStop the last couple of days. I I've, I've been very lost on it and the so I started doing a little research and saw Thomas posted on Facebook which helped me a lot, but it goes back to Reddit. It does go back to Reddit. Uh, the, the first thing you have to understand is what shorting a stock means. Um, it's the the easiest description is betting on the price going down. Uh, but the the description that makes more sense is borrowing something whose value you believe will go down with the promise of returning it at the end of a certain span of time. So if if you have a car and I want to borrow it from you, you'll charge me some fee to borrow it. Uh, so that fee we're going to ignore. That's just that's how you make money on lending things. What we're going to care about is I sell the car for market value, which is $100, under the assumption that by the time I have to give your car back to you, I could buy an identical car for cheaper. So. Oh. Okay. So two weeks from now, I believe that your car will only be worth $50, but right now it's worth 100 So I borrow it from you, sell it for $100, 
two weeks from now, I buy a perfectly good copy of it for $50 and give that copy back to you, I've made $50. Oh, that, that's the best explanation I've ever heard of shorting a stock. And I've so, heard of shorting a stock lots of times. <laughs> so that's how you short a stock. The issue is that I can sell the car to you and then borrow it from you and sell it again to someone else and then borrow it from them and sell it to someone else. So I can I can sell the same borrowed car repeatedly in the time before I owe your initial purchase back. Okay. If the if the value drops $50, then I gain $50 every single time I do this. Every single time I trade the same car and then borrow it back. Eventually though, I can owe so many people this car that they don't even make that many of this car. <laughs> All right. So I can borrow so, I I can borrow 50 of your car, but there's only 20 of them in production. Okay, so can, can you explain to me how this how this applies to what was going on with AMC theaters and yeah. GameStop and So what happened was all of these shorts are publicly listed. At least the most of the information about them is publicly listed. And somebody on Reddit said, "Hey, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to be buying GameStop. And everyone was like, you're insane. GameStop is a failing business. The people who are shorting it are right to do so. And he said, yeah, but the people who are shorting it have shorted it by 140% of the available units of stock. So they had sold, they had bought and sold more stock, or actually they had owed more stock to their shorts than actually existed by 140%. Okay. And he said, hey, you know, I don't have enough money to buy the entire available stock of GameStop, but we as a community do. Okay. So, so the, I, community, I okay. the community got together and said, we're all going to buy GameStop. And when, when the shorts come due with these hedge funds that, that are depending on GameStop's value going down, try to repay, try to rebuy the stock that they borrowed, we'll just say no. Okay. We won't sell it. And so they will have no choice but to offer us more and more money for our stocks. So what happened was Reddit, Wall Street Bets, acquired all of the available stock of GameStop. The hedge fund realized that they were in a situation that's called a short squeeze and started trying to buy the stock back. And they started putting offers on the table. I'll pay you $30 per unit. That's uh, For them, that was already a loss of... 100%. But mm-hmm. these hedge fund guys are billionaires. So they they were just trying to cut their losses at this point. Mm-hmm. But the Reddit guys were organized. They said no. So okay, I'll offer you $40. No, I'll offer you 50. I'll offer you 60. I'll offer you 70. And then all of a sudden the market the whole the market as a whole is looking at what's going on and says, "Wait a second, that guy's offering to buy GameStop for 300% more than it was yesterday." So the market starts getting GameStop the people who the people who are holding it start saying tell you what I'll sell it for 300 and the hedge fund guys are like 300 I'll lose lots of money and so fine 350 <laughs> <laughs> so I like oh my god when the price got up to 350 some people started selling and so the price sort of like stabilized at 350 some people were like okay I invested $50,000 and made 10 million in four days, 
I'm okay to cash out now. <laughs> but the Wall Street Bets Reddit is notoriously insane people. So the guy who started all of this, who had bought his options, had bought $50,000 worth of options, was now valued at $40 million. What? A few days after he made these purchases, he had gone from a small savings account to $40 million. That's insane. So that was $13 million that he had cashed out on and $27 million that he was still holding in stocks. And this was yesterday. And so because this happened in the, the period of a couple days, the media just lost their minds. Um, <laughs> I saw a lot, a lot of like little places where you can go buy stocks from said, hey, we're not – you can't buy in this one right now. Yeah. Well, because they don't have them. They didn't have them. Um, but it gets a little more. It gets a little more sinister than that. Uh, so these hedge funds, it turns out, they've never played by the rules. And the the subreddit guys said, "Well, screw you guys. We, you were trying to drive this company into bankruptcy. This company that employs fifty thousand people. You were trying to just." burn it to the ground so you could make your money. And we're not going to stand for that. This is a moral stance for us. So this hedge fund came out and they're like, listen, we need to stop trading on the market. We need to reevaluate our positions. We need the, we need the stock market to hold this stock. And the Reddit guys were like, yeah, you can't just ask the market to put holds on stocks like that. And the market was like, yeah, they can. They have permission to. And people started losing their minds. And that's when AOC got involved. That's when fights broke out on on CNN money and Fox money. Like, there's there's people who are saying, listen, these hedge funds, which created the the, the short crisis of 2008, these drove people out of their homes and destroyed lives. They got a bailout for doing that. So they made billions and then got a bailout for doing that. And now they're getting bailed out for gambling with people's lives again in 2021. They're getting helped by the market and they're asking, they're asking Congress for money for the bad position that they put themselves in when they bought 140% of the stock, assuming that it was going to dive to bankruptcy doing everything they could to destroy a company that was already doing poorly and putting people so, on the street. And so the market, I just want to make sure I got this right. Me as a private investor, know nothing about the market. I get in and I buy GameStop or any other stock for $10. The hedge fund takes that and they end up selling it to somebody else for $10. When it drops to a dollar, that, that person is out $9 and they give me back my stock that's now worth only a dollar. Yes. Okay. And they have the power and they have the power to create this this dip in the market. They have the power to drive down evaluations because they can write to newspapers and say, "Look how much this is being shorted and look how much money they're losing. It's getting worse and worse every day." And then the 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 news goes out, people dump the stock, they buy the stock for cheap. It's hideous. So when you say borrow, it's not like with your car example, you were asking Eric to borrow his car. I was paying him to borrow his car. I was paying him, let's say $10 to borrow his car, knowing that a month later he would get the car back and it'd be the exact same car. So is that the same thing on the stock market market where they're paying somebody to borrow the stock? 
Right. So they're paying somebody who believes the opposite of the short or who believes that that the stock isn't going to dip, it's going to be stable or it's going to go up. So they're going to they're going to either come out of it with the same value of the stock next month plus the commission fee for borrowing it or the commission fee plus the the higher value stock. Yeah, Shutter, so it's a- Shutter in, in the chat says that this is a the, the the first kind of person who who kind of became known for this was uh, from that movie uh, The Big Short. Yeah, uh, Michael Burry, uh, who did it as you were saying during the housing housing bubble, when and you noticed that the exact same thing. Yeah, and they're the they're the protagonists in that movie, but they're not the good guys. They're mm-hmm. they're just the protagonists. They they're very much bad guys, and. Mm-hmm. It's now being noticed by government officials that these practices are hypocritical. They're saying when we lose money, it's not fair. But when we win, when we make money off the backs of Americans, it's just the way the market works. It's just free trade. Here's where it becomes sinister. Uh, Citadel is the hedge fund that owns Melvin Capital Management. Melvin Capital Management is one of the short sellers that's going to lose billions of dollars because of what's happening. Citadel owns Robinhood. Uh, That's why I got the email from Robinhood. Citadel said, we're bleeding money. Stop all purchases of GameStop on the Robinhood app. Don't let people keep buying it because we need to buy it to cover our fund. So the app that people were using to trade their stocks stopped allowing them to trade their stocks, drove the price down, and forced them to sell only to the company that had shorted the stock in the first place. Wow. And that's where it's questionable legality. Is that okay? Uh, Morally, not okay at all. But legally, it's a real dangerous territory. Now, you might be wondering... Why would they put themselves in such a precarious legal position? The current estimate for losses by hedge funds due to the activity of a couple thousand Redditors is $70 billion. Wow. <laughs> See, this is the thing. All right. I'm sorry. Whenever somebody says Bitcoin will never work, it's not a real thing. How does this work? Like, how does the stock market work? Like, how is this a thing? You can't tell me Bitcoin can't be a thing. This is a thing. You know, it's, it's, I don't get it. I, I, this is amazing to me. Amazing. Well, and this is, this is the biggest complaint from people right now is that this is how it's supposed to work for the hedge funds and the big money managers. And the fact that the, what they're called retail investors, the you and I investors figured it out is what's upsetting the hedge funds, and they want to change the rules so that only they can do this. Right. So they're writing to Congress and they're trying to get bailouts and they're trying to get laws changed that, that kick retail investors off the market. And they're trying to basically take capitalism and say, well, capitalism for us only, not for you guys. Mm -hmm. And they have a lot of power, as you can imagine, because they have a lot of money. But what what they did make it sound like they, they're under legal obligation to do this kind of thing. They guys are called broker, out on CNN about that. As by, a broker, yeah, we have many repeatedly. financial requirements. <laughs> yeah. But what they did is they over leveraged their position. They bought 140% of a stock. That's what they did was gambling on the worst level on the livelihoods of 50,000 employees. So Not only that, all the people that own that stock too, right? 
the right. ones you're borrowing the stock from to resell? Absolutely. They're intending to screw people. Wow. All right. Well, thank wow. you for that education. Like I said, that's the best explanation of a short I've ever heard. It, it took well, we me want to thank you days. For to stock market ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it took me days to figure out how any of this worked. And, and it gets, if you get into the, well, the wall street bets, Reddit is closed right now. You can't get into it, but there were discussions on artificial longs, which is artificially creating more stock than actually exists by trading within a cube of companies. Um, it, I, I had to download the long or the big short again so that I can watch it and try to suck as much out of it as I can. Cause they do a lot of this in that movie. Hmm. But the last time this happened was, uh, was Porsche. Porsche did this with VW. Uh, a bunch of people thought VW was going under in 2008 and Porsche secretly bought all the VW stock and then wouldn't sell it to the shorters. And the same thing happened, but because Porsche was a big company, they ended up negotiating a value but it cranked up the VW stock by thousands of percents. All right, let's move on from that real quick. Last week we left on a cliffhanger. We promised we pr- promised our viewers porn. I did certainly did not. Did we? <laughs> oh, maybe I mis maybe I misheard that. that. That's what I remember from last week. What, don't... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pornhub. You had a story you wanted to share. Pornhub is uh, Pornhub is accepting XRP, BNB, USDC, and Dogecoin cryptocurrencies now, which appears to the reason I held on to those coins. <laughs> well, you say that, but it appears to have massively boosted the value of Dogecoin. Really? Which is now oh, yeah. Which is now at a dollar a coin. Oh, and... You can actually buy a coin of something. I've never actually owned a full Bitcoin. <laughs> it would be fun to actually own a coin of something i don't know how much doge i have but it's in the it's in the tens of thousands what because it was a really easy coin to mine it had a it had a massive pool so you could get a hundred an hour or something out of it but it was valued at like half a cent so so you have a bunch of these coins somewhere on some (laughs) on somebody else's mining pool server that i ran 15 years ago or whatever it was so you don't know where it's at no idea (laughs) no porn for you Uh, yeah this is one of those things i decided a while back because i'm not going to let the increasing value of cryptocurrencies make me look back and say ah i could be a billionaire now because not it it does that to me a little bit because just prior to moving out to San Diego and then shortly after when I was still doing a lot of work for bullandball.com, I was trying to push him to accept Bitcoin as a payment option because they made it super easy to get the current US dollar value of Bitcoin. I mean, you can still do that with Coinbase or a lot of those payment systems. So you're basically taking the current US dollar value in Bitcoin and then you can either immediately convert it to US dollars so you don't lose any money. It's just a payment option at that point. Or you can do a percentage. So I want to keep 10% of the Bitcoin or cryptocurrency in cryptocurrency and get the rest out. So if you have a profit margin of 10% and you keep 5% in cryptocurrency and it would have matured the way that Bitcoin has, can you imagine imagine the bowling ball you could buy with that? (laughs) Solid gold. 
Gishu in in chat said porn ugly podcast. No, no Gishu, but funny enough, ugly porn is a category you can look up. Apparently, oh, oh, what? What? I'm the bad guy for saying that. You you talk to yes. porn all the time. Uh, finally, finally, good God, how far what? into it are we? Boy, finally, plenty far. Uh, Flash lost support. And a bunch Years of people, ago. a bunch of people, didn't realize that their Flash applications that they were using, their custom Flash applications on their legacy systems, would just stop working. <laughs> um, which, to be fair, I didn't know this either. That compiled Flash applications have an expiration date in them, and that expiration date oh. was last week. Oh, really? Really? Huh. That's, How does that even work? So that's what happened is that is that Adobe started releasing versions of their Flash compiler that said, hey, after this date, fuck them. You thought you had trouble keeping uh, your Laravel app up to date. (laughs) Right. I thought I thought this whole Flash situation was an end of support. Browsers were getting rid of it or removing the Flash Uh executable. Now, it turns out that the application themselves have a self-destruct. That is ridiculous. I did not know that. So the, uh, this Chinese railway was using it to manage a lot of their scheduling stuff. And the day came and passed and all of a sudden the application just wouldn't launch. Um, you can hire Diego Dev to rebuild your application if you need. Just you, throwing you, that out there. Well, they needed it up the next day. They needed it back up quick. So they went online. I could do it, could do it in 12 hours with Livewire. I'm telling you. <laughs> they went online and found a pirated version of Flash that had the self-destruct date hacked so that products produced with it wouldn't self-destruct anymore. They recompiled the application and voila, it works again. So piracy saves the day. Oh boy, I, I'm not sure that was the message, but okay. That was a hundred percent the message. That that is that is a a crazy thing. Like if I have PHP installed locally and I have something running, I would expect it to keep running, even though PHP, even if I had PHP three still on my machine, I don't care if it's end of life. It shouldn't have just self destruct. That's right. crazy that 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 was was. The I case. would agree. Uh, this this also hit a. Uh, Oh, I'm on the wrong Discord there. Uh, this also hit a, I think an African, yes. The South African government ended up releasing their own browser to allow execution of these self-destructed applications. Yeah. Really? You, you, you ask who still uses Flash in production. And while I understand when you think about it from a web application standpoint, that's different. But if you have something that you wrote to run locally only for your internal use, that there's no reason to update it. I'm not using it in a browser. I'm using it locally on my machine. It's, I don't care that it's end of life. It's been serving me well. I'm running my business or whatever I'm doing with that application. Putting it, it not being supported in the browser anymore doesn't affect me personally. So I'm not even thinking I need to upgrade it. Oh, so, you talk about end of end of life stuff. This this kind of applies. I know we're running along. I'll try to be quick, but I want to bring it back to PHP. I totally lost my shit today. Um, so we we were talking over the last couple of days of uh, our last couple of weeks of how we've been experiencing. Uh, 
playing around with the code with me, which allowed you to do pair programming with people through PHP Storm. Mm-hmm. So recently, X- when XDebug Jonathan works in code it, with me, by the way. Oh yeah, we discovered that today. We, we were uh, Thomas was uh, pair programming with me through code with me. Uh, when John and I were doing some experimenting, we, we both had a misunderstanding. We thought that uh, other people like Thomas were getting their remote <laughs> sessions in their PHP storm and it wasn't launching another client. So at one point I say, I, I thought to myself, I'm like, well, maybe it's the EAP version, which is the early access program uh, version, which is kind of a cool thing that uh, JetBrains does. You can, you can do e- EAP and basically get PHP storm for free as long as an, as long as it's an EAP. And then when it goes to production, then, you know, you either have to pay for it or, or, you know, you're just stuck with what you have. But I had installed the EAP program uh, version on my system to see if that corrected the co- code with me situation. So as to put that to bed, it didn't. And Thomas, it turns out Thomas was getting the other client. I assume uh, the other person we were thinking of was also getting the other client. So it seems like with code with me, when you share and you're not driving, you're, you're the person being, you're, doing the pairing your version comes up in this other client the separate client for whatever a reason. lightweight yeah lightweight jet brains client right yeah but i so got I, I got my theme though yeah so right, that, that's another that's that's another situation I'm, I'm not even talking about that but the the point being i'd forgotten that i was on the ap well i didn't forget i just didn't care you know it's, i was just whatever i was running like 2021.1 or something like that and so that got updated this morning and like i said i've been doing a bunch of live wire coding which a live wire component is basically like a laravel blade component on steroids um and if you're not familiar with what laravel blade comp- components are I-, I can't help you right now it's, how it's, did it's he bring it back within, to live wire again it, it, it's a feature within <laughs> uh within laravel where you can you know have these components so these these uh blade templates that run code for you that's another thing anyways all these components, the live wire components, the blade components, all of them were throwing up errors on me. They wouldn't auto-complete anymore, and I lost my shit. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is happening? Like, all of a sudden, I couldn't get any of my live wire components to auto-complete. Uh, the IDE kept giving it as errors. And then I remember, I'm like, oh, crap, I'm on the EAP. I need to revert back and so instead of opening up a bug a bug with uh jet brains i just rolled back to a, st- a stable version of php storm and i was fine well, but well that's that's the whole point of eap is you find those bugs and you can report them yeah i'm busy man i got things to get done I don't, you know. <laughs> i'm paying them for for their products i ain't getting time you're the guy but you're yeah. the guy who's causing this well, to be you're, fair, you're talk- that's probably in a plug-in, not in just yeah, itself, so they wouldn't have fixed it. I, I, I think you're exactly right. I think it was a, a, a plug-in that, that just didn't work in that version of, of PHP Storm yet. So, yeah, you talk about, you know, like losing like functionality that's when i i realized i'm like i i am i am too like dependent on these features of php storm i i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but it was like oh i i just i couldn't believe how how much it slowed me down because at first i was like okay whatever i i know i know this components there i'm just going to keep pushing through and and yeah i couldn't i've been having that i've been having that problem not with the eap version but just recently all of a sudden php storm i've had to 
invalidate caches and restart. Last week was really bad. I had that happen to me too. I haven't. How do you invalidate this week? How do you do that? That was like Monday. Yeah, under file, there's invalidate and restart, invalidate caches and restart. Mm -hmm. What I was seeing was a lot of my classes that have been in the product for years. I mean, it's not new code. Mm -hmm. Just all of a sudden wouldn't autocomplete or you you would say import the file and it couldn't find the file. I'm like, but the file's right there. Like, what do you mean you can't find it? It's there. Oh, that's weird. That's how you fix that problem? I've had that issue in the past. Yeah. Invalidate caches and restart is a pain in the ass because it does restart, but then you got to wait for it to index your application. And if it's a large application, Mm -hmm. it takes forever, Mm -hmm. but that's fixed at every time. And last week or the week before, I swear it was like every day I had to restart and it it hasn't happened since. So I don't know what was going on. Hmm. All right. Yeah, well, I think I. that's good, man. What do you guys think? We did, we good? We're gonna we gonna think uh think our Patreons. Look at that. We have Look new Patreons. That. We have new Patreons on Patreon. Who, who, Thank did you. Did you keep in any particular order there? Uh, Mike Kendrick, Blaze. Are those, are those the new Mike Page Dev? I I know that. Why do I know that one? I know I, that one. I don't know. Mike Page Dev. Mike buttery Page crumpet. Dev. Buttery crumpets at the top because I don't want to get yelled at again. Well, he's <laughs> always at the top. Yes, he's er- he's earned that uh, he's earned that spot. Mike Page Dev, I I know Mike. Mike, you're a Patreon supporter, <laughs> buddy. Thank you, Mike Page Dev on Twitter. Yes, I I do know this person. Oh, uh, so yes, we have some new Patreons, and at some point I will have to get uh get uh, little keychains out to you guys, uh, little baby lanyards out to you, as Thomas says. So yeah, that's a thing. We need shirts. Okay, is that we it? need shirts now. We need something else. We really do. Also, I think we could come up with some funny shirts. I need shirts. Like, I'm still wearing this I'm, thing. You're, you're, that's like the throwback uh, Diego Dev shirt there. That's just my Thursday shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we could come up with some funny uh, PHP inspired uh, ugly T-shirts. We should we should put it up in Discord with some ideas, peoples. Yeah. Yeah, hit us up. I'll I'll reach out to my uh, artist buddy and see if uh, we can get him to commission some pieces for us. And uh, I and I hope you guys have been appreciating my new YouTube thumbnails. I've been I've been spending some time. We had baby goats last last week. I love uh, I, I loved very it. Happy with that one. Yes. So yeah, we're trying we're trying to make little little you know quality of life improvements for people who care to listen to us. Yeah. I I definitely. By- by 300 episodes will be php average all right thank you very much uh i guess next week we'll go into php uh statistics i do have some of that stuff for us um they look good yes and if if you want to get involved in that uh jet brains released their developer study uh it is a lengthy form to fill out but it is worth it because we get some great numbers out of it at the end uh and if you have suggestions for Stuff you think that we should cover, tweet it to us at PHP Ugly on Twitter. Uh, thank or hit you. us up in our Discord. Yes, that, that, that's uh, that's where I get all my uh, tw- uh, Twilio. No, not uh, what's it called? Trilo- Trilo Trilo. Links. What is yeah? What is our Discord URL? It would be discord.php.com. No, php very close. <laughs> very close. <laughs> discord.phpugly.com. Still Maybe working on getting that php.com domain. Domain. That shouldn't be that should be that hard. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was just thinking how we didn't mention Argus this whole show, and I feel pretty bad. So next brought to you by Argus. Be a heavy Argus. 
Rodney Keith Fire Argue. All right, that's it. Episode 221 in the books. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk more Twilio next week since you brought it up because I've been doing a lot of work with that this week. Go for it. Close this out. I'm John. I'm 40. Happy Keep birthday. It Keep, Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Happy birthday, <laughs> Thomas. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'm going to drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'm going to send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host named Thomas because he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this because the people love me. Shouts out to people. PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.